0: This is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is Our Chosen Podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. And if you've ever studied Psalm 23 and the shepherd, then you know... That the shepherd knew as they walked through the sunless valleys where the serpents were that could kill the sheep. They knew where the predators hid. And so that's why he said, I'll fear no evil. I'm your sheep and my shepherd knows where the enemy is hidden. That's why you fear no evil. I mean, when you're dead, you're not walking through the valley of shadow of death to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. Yeah. Believers never taste death. Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Never taste it. I heard one minister say, dying's the easiest thing you'll ever do. Yeah. you just cross right over. <laughs> and many, many, every single person, and I know some of them personally, one of them is the closest thing to a mentor, a spiritual mother I've ever had from the early, my early Christianity. I've told you many stories about her. She prophesied when Courtney would be born August 28th. I said, absolutely not. That's 13 months away. I will be pregnant this month. But she was born on August 28th. And uh, many other things, many other things I could tell you long stories about. And they've all come to pass. I mean, that tells you something, right? And uh, she actually, I told you her story, had a grapefruit-sized brain tumor. And she died and and got in the presence of the Lord. He sent her back. He said, you're your time's not done. Your work is not finished. And remember that story out on the screen. They did that arteriogram or whatever where they put the dye. This was before the technology we have today. And the doctors gasped in front of their eyes. That thing just disappeared. She's still alive today, healthy as can be, 78 years old. A, a sheep rancher that herds sheep and works in the field every day at 78. Don't tell me you're old. That's just, you just begin at that age. I mean, Moses started at 80. So I'm telling you, retirement is demonic. You might quit your job to do something else, but don't you sit in front of the TV all day. Because you'll wither if you do. I don't care if you go greet people at Walmart. But do something. Ask God what your purpose is. Do something. And so, anyway, that was a side note. All right, we're ready to begin. I have a lot to say to you today, a lot. So, Lord, help me get through this and to do it well and to do it right because it's important. It's very important for you. Last week, Anna Caseda, right over here. Wave your hand, beautiful Anna, um, texted me, and she said what breakthrough she had after last week's message. And she said, I was reminded of a song that you have We've often done it in here, and most of you remember it, especially maybe, I don't know if some of you younger people will, but if you haven't, you're missing out. You need to go ahead and pull it up, and it's called I Can See Clearly Now by Johnny Nash. Is that his name? Was it Johnny Nash? Was it Johnny Nash? I don't know. But whoever it was, it's I Can See Clearly Now. And she said, and I was reminded of that song, and I was listening to it again. And so I you put it on my Echo and just to hear it again. And the words are fabulous. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see obstacles in my way. Gone are the dark clouds that had me down. It's going to be a bright, 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 sunshiny day. And after that, I, I took my dog out in the backyard. And, you know, I've told you before, she's tiny, six and a half, seven pounds. And We've had hawks, and the other day I looked out, and there was the ugliest possum. I don't know why God created those things, and don't Google it. I don't care. They're destructive. I don't like them. And this thing, I was walking right by, I was praying. I was sitting in my prayer chair, and Winnie was in my lap, and just right by, this big old possum about this big, in the daytime, daytime, I thought they were nocturnal, walks right by my window. And so I can't let her out ever by herself, because she would be hawked or... Possumed, yeah and so so i took her out and i very clearly heard the lord speak to me and i mean clearly and he said i want to remove obstacles out of the way of my people and i told you that a little bit earlier obstacles to hearing god's voice Obstacles that come in the form of distractions. Obstacles that come in the form of destruction. Obstacles that come in the the form of discouragement. Obstacles that come in the form of bad reports, bad news. Well, all you have to do is turn on the TV, turn on the news to hear bad, I don't even listen to it anymore. I, I cannot fill my mind with that. I have to fill my mind with your kingdom come. It doesn't mean I don't pray. It doesn't mean I'm not aware of what's going on. I just can't fill my mind, especially since so much of it is lies. Obstacles to the fulfillment of his promises, and some of you have been waiting many years, and there were many prophetic words, that 2022 is the year that what should have happened a long time ago is going to happen this year. And I believe it. I mean, we are three months now, the year. Past. So we are one-fourth done. And it's so exciting because it's nine months till Christmas. I love Christmas. But then I began to hear scriptures. And the Lord began to remind me how to remove obstacles. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to combine it with just in the last 48 hours, some prophetic words that have come out. That confirmed what I heard last week. Isaiah fifty seven, fourteen through sixteen, or I'm just gonna read actually verse fourteen. And this is from the expanded Bible. Someone will say, 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 what do you have you have to use your what? Your tongue. Someone will say, build a road, build a road, prepare the way, make the way clear, remove the obstacles from my people. Isaiah 62, 8, the Lord swears an oath by the authority of his right hand and by his mighty arm. I will never again give your new grain as food for your enemies, nor will foreigners drink your new wine that you worked hard to produce. What does this mean? When you sow seed, God is not going to let the enemy devour it. Now, there's a condition. You know the word has conditions. And one of those conditions is you give God your first fruit. It's called a tithe. Oh, but that's the that's old, old covenant. No, it isn't. It was actually before the law. Not here to talk about that today, but when Melchizedek, who was a pre-incarnate Christ, came to Abram, Abraham gave him a tenth of his spoil. That was the first. There was no law. The law did not occur until the book of Exodus under Moses. And the new covenant, the tithe begins your giving. Oh, I don't like that. Well, guess what? I'm a tither and a giver, and I have no lack in my life. I know a man that had a brain tumor, and it was, I forgot what it was called, but I mean, it was forcing his eye out of his, excuse me, head. And they held up their tithe check and said, God, you said to prove you in Malachi 3. To test you, it's the only scripture that says we can test God. And you said you would rebuke the devourer for my sake. And he was healed. You know, you need to do that over your children. When you sow your seed, you Lord, you said test you. I'm testing you. Yes. Only time we're allowed to test God. Rest of the time, we're not. By the way, don't write me a dirty email because I have ripped jeans, okay? Because, you know, it's the only denim I had that matched my jacket. So that's the way it goes. No, I had an ugly comment of uh, I could never listen to a woman wearing leggings. And I didn't have leggings on. (laughs) I'm sorry, I have skinny legs. I mean, what can I do? All right. So back to Isaiah 62, verse 9. Instead, you who harvest it will eat it and offer your praise to the Lord, and you who gather the grapes will drink the new wine in my holy courts, pass through, pass through the gate, go from old to new, prepare a new path for the people, build build up a highway for them to come to me, remove every hindrance. God himself is declaring hindrances removed. But how do we get those things you've struggled with? It could be a personal habit. It could be a financial breakthrough that you just haven't had. It could be the symptoms in your body and the bad report. It could be, and the hardest thing for a mother is when your child is not serving the Lord. What's your hindrance? I'm going to tell you today how to deal with those hindrances. 2 Corinthians 4.13. We have the same spirit of faith as he had who wrote in Scripture, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we speak. He speaks, I speak what God says, but it's more than that, and we'll get to that. The very next day, Janice sent me an interview. It was with Cindy Jacobs and uh, um, Katie Souza, And I had actually... Heard Cindy Jacobs, and she's at the head of the General's of Intercession. When she got this word a few years ago, but this interview was recent. She was at Manuel Maldonado's church, and that's a Spanish-speaking church in Florida. And she doesn't speak Spanish, but she kept hearing in her head "basta, basta." Who speaks Spanish? Who knows what "basta" means? Yes, thank you, Marty. <laughs> it means enough, but it doesn't just mean that's enough. Or yes, no more to eat. I've had enough. It doesn't mean that. It's it's an emphatic, enough. No more. Stop it. And she said, the Lord said, tell my people to begin saying basta. And in this interview, she shared that. But it went beyond that. She said... There is a spirit, and she meant a demonic spirit called a spirit of delay. And the Lord is calling his people to speak to that spirit of delay. Basta. Now, I don't know about you, but I am officially bilingual. (laughs) One word. I know a little bit more than one word. The Bible says, I believe, therefore I spoke. You want obstacles out of your way, basta, you speak to them. Enough, stop it. No more torment, no more shame, no more hurt, no more symptoms, basta, enough. No more lack, no more unfulfilled promises. No more harassing my children. No more children that are not serving the Lord. Basta enough. You know, I don't, I speak English, obviously. But I know for a fact. I mean, I lived in Germany. I spoke fluent French at the time. Do not come up and speak French to me. I haven't done it in 40-something years. But I do know this. There are a lot of words They do not translate well when you translate them. That's why I always go to the Hebrew. I always go to the Greek. And I see what it originally meant. Then I search it out for, you know, the expanded and the amplified. Be a student of the word. Languages are rich. They're so rich. But there are so many words that they just don't translate right. And it would behoove us to find out but that spirit of delay and the next day i heard the lord say to me i wasn't even prepared for it And he said these words to me that they were just that are written on my soul now he said don't ever ask me to do what i've given you the authority to do remember when we studied bartimaeus who was blind and how when he went to jesus and jesus said what do you want me to do for you Lazarus, I mean, excuse me, Bartimaeus threw off his beggar's cloak. Why? Because he knew he would not have to beg anymore. And the Lord said to me, Don't ever put on that beggar's garment again. You go to God, Oh God, please, please, oh please, please, please. When Peter was drowning, and we might talk about this next week, and he said, Help, Lord. He was begging. Jesus rebuked him after he saved him. He rebuked him. Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Really, the question is, why did you take your eyes off of me? And, and maybe we'll talk about that next week. I never know what I'm going to do week to week because the Lord likes to change it. So, All right, so how do you remove obstacles? Number one, with your faith-backed words. Faith-backed words. Now, I'm going to read to you a couple of prophecies and then give you a bunch of scriptures, and I'm going to close with something that is going to excite you so much. I'm just going to read a, a few sentences. This was actually on social media. I just happened to see it. I don't troll social media, uh, don't even really particularly care for it. I think it's very time-consuming. And, uh, but I, I had direction from the Holy Spirit to, to go to, to Lana's Facebook page, and this hasn't even come out on her web uh, page yet and it says praise your way through the cloud I saw a cloud hovering over many people's eyes that was attempting to cloud their vision of him and cloud their vision of what he was showing them this cloud was bringing fear anxiety stress and panic especially this week I saw clouds being brought before the eyes of the people of God by the enemy specifically to cloud their thinking and their sight this cloud Clouding is happening right now because of the revelation that awaits you on the other side of this cloud. The enemy was attempting to gain a stronghold in their minds. What the enemy is taunting you about through this cloud is just that. It's a cloud. I want to ask you something. How many of you Let me ask the easy way. Have never flown. You've never been on an airplane. Anybody never been on an airplane? Okay, so you know when you're ascending and you get up in the clouds, did you ever get scared and say, oh no, there's a cloud? We're not gonna be able to get through it. Oh no, this jet's gonna hit the cloud. You don't do that, do you? It's just that. Those things that are scaring you and producing anxiety, it's just a cloud. To cloud your vision. It's just a mist that the enemy has placed before your eyes to bring distraction at a crucial moment of revelation and release in your life. Watch your thoughts. Train your mind to think only upon his word and things that are lovely. Do not look at the cloud. Look through it I saw many people of God in fear, anxiety, stress, and panic in this cloud continue to hover before them. I then heard the beautiful voice, my people, I am here. Look through the cloud. Then I saw him. He was standing just on the other side of the cloud. I noticed that when the people of God looked at the cloud, he could no longer be seen. But when they chose to look to him, the cloud could no longer be seen. I then saw him speak again in such love and tenderness. Come on, my people. It's okay. All is well. Just keep looking at me. You know what to do. I am here. And as he spoke those words, I saw impartations of peace being released into the hearts of the people of God. Cloud, move. Then this came out. This is all in a 24-hour period, and this was by Nate Johnston. I heard the Lord say, soon you will look around and not see a season of messy transition, but you will see the beginning of an era of victories. Soon you will feel a shift in your vision where you once only saw the greatest battle of your life, you will see a glorious day dawning. You will realize over the past years has been a narrow and perilous path you didn't expect and couldn't avoid but was also the path to your freedom. You will see the smoke and rubble behind you and no longer see failure and defeat, but my protection and faithfulness and promises over your life. And you will finally take your survival backpack off from the days of your searching and waiting and leave your nomadic season behind and settle in safety. Hallelujah. Thank you jesus soon the fog will clear and you will look behind you and see there were giants you didn't even know that you defeated there were impossible obstacles you didn't even know you overcame there were principalities and assignments that were set against you your whole life that were broken and destroyed generational cycles that have been trying to define you and rob you for years simply couldn't follow you through these lies and ties have been shattering soon you will wake up and feel like you put on a fresh new pair of glasses you won't see the same anymore where you once could only see the warfare you will now be able to see the breakthroughs on the other side of them amen 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 you speak to those hindrances. The first step in overcoming hindrances is not to say, oh, there's so many obstacles in my way. There's so many hindrances. No, 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 no. You speak to those obstacles. Jeremiah 4, 7, who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain And he shall bring forth the finishing stone with loud shoutings of, say it with me, grace, grace to it. He didn't keep his mouth shut. He opened his mouth and shouted. Isaiah 43, a voice of one who cries, a voice of one who cries, prepare in the wilderness the way of the Lord, clear away the obstacles. Make straight and smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted and filled. Every mountain shall be made low. The crooked and uneven shall be made straight. And the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Mark eleven twenty. And as they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered that Jesus had cursed. And Peter said, Rabbi, look The fig tree you cursed is withered. And Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, Be taken up and cast into the sea, And shall not doubt in his heart, But shall believe in his heart, That what he says will come to pass. He shall have what he says. What what is he talking about? What he says to that mountain. Be removed, be taken up, be cast into the sea. Therefore, I say to you, all things that you pray and ask, believe that you have received them. When do you believe you've received it? When you pray, not when you see it. Faith is not involved in what you see. Once you have it, it's not faith anymore. You've got to believe you have it when you say it. God, I believe I have the finances I need and more than enough. God, I believe my body is healed. I believe I'm whole. I believe I'm strong. I believe my knees are repaired. I believe my head is whole. I believe my mind is clear. Yeah. When you have fog in your mind in the cloud, you say it. I believe my relationships are intact. I believe I fulfill the purposes of God in my generation when you feel like you have nothing to do. You believe it's yours when you say so in prayer. That's how you remove obstacles. Matthew 21, 21. Truly I say to you, Jesus said, if you have faith and do not doubt, God's promises have conditions, people. You will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast in the sea, it will be done. Even if you say to the obstacle. Proverbs 4, 10 through 13. Hear my words, my son. Take them in. Let them soak in so that you will live a long, full life. I appointed you in the way of wisdom. I've steered you down the path to integrity. So get going. And as you go, know this. With integrity, you will overcome all obstacles. When? When you believe and receive the wisdom of God. Well, you know what? I need a bigger stand up here. I need a table in the presence of my things. <laughs> all right, where am I? Obstacles will not move if we don't speak to them. That's all there is to it. You can bawl and squall. You know, one of the number one obstacles in the body of Christ is fear of missing God. How many of you have that? You, you just, you're just afraid you're going to miss God. You're just afraid maybe what I heard isn't, isn't going to happen. The promises aren't going to come true. Let me see your hands if you've ever struggled with the fear of missing God. And when Lisa Bevere was here at Chosen a couple of years ago, she shared something that was so impacting to me. She said that every place she goes, women will come to her and say, I'm so afraid I'm going to miss God. I'm so afraid I'm going to miss God. I'm so afraid I'm going to miss God. And it began to bother her. And so she inquired of the Lord about it. And the Lord said to her, Lisa, if they will just aim at me, I'm a target too big to miss. I loved that. I mean, we just think God is so hard and such a Pharaoh that he's going to punish us for seeking to obey. No, 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 that would be the devil. And that's a Pharaoh filter. Do not let fear keep you silent. Hebrews 5, 13 through 14. So we remove obstacles with our words, faith-backed words. We remove obstacles by training our senses to tell the difference between good and evil. What are your senses? Come on. Hearing, sight, smell, taste, touch. You know why we have these? Because that's how we touch our physical world. We're we're spirit beings. We're spirit beings, but we have a body. We live in a body. We have a soul. We live in a body. So the purpose of our senses is to make contact with the material world, not to be ruled by them. But they have to be trained because your senses will deceive you. God says you're healed, but oh, I see symptoms. I've read many testimonies and I've had to do it in my own life where people struggle to believe they were healed because God says they are because of what they see. And I mean, a really dear friend of mine had a five-pound Hodgkin's uh, disease tumor right here in her chest, five pounds. And God divinely healed her, divinely. I'm talking divinely healed her. And she went back to the doctor and she said, I've received my healing, I, I don't need this. And the doctor said, well... I advise you to go ahead and go through all the treatments. And he said, uh, because in one year, it's going to come back in your groin. Now, I respect doctors. I respect medical science. He was just saying the fact. And in one year, she got a huge tumor in her groin. But instead of, because she had her senses trained, she said, no, I am not going to receive this. She covered it with bandages. And she did a seven days of concentrated word, because the word is medicine. And in seven days, that thing ruptured and left, never came back. She did not go back to the doctor for 15 years. Because she said, like Dodie Osteen, she said, I do not want anything to wreck my faith. And when she went back, she had high blood pressure. Now go figure. (laughs) But the cancer was gone. And she got healed of that, too. All right, where am I? Uh, Hebrews five thirteen. Everyone who continues to feed on milk is obviously inexperienced and unskilled in the word. But solid food is for full-grown men, those whose senses and mental faculties are trained by practice to discern good and evil. You've got to practice. You've got to practice. You've got to practice the word. Hebrews 6, 17, and so it was by two unchangeable things, God's promise and his oath in which it is impossible, say impossible, for God ever to prove false or deceive us. You've heard me say many times there's one thing that's impossible for God, and that's to lie, and he cannot deceive us you got to train yourself. John 10, 27, the sheep, they're my own here and are listening for my voice. And I know them and they follow me. Train yourself in the Word of God if you want to overcome obstacles because God will never contradict His Word, not ever, 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 ever. What does the enemy's voice sound like? It sounds like fear, anxiety, depression, discouragement, doubt, unbelief. Hebrews 3:12 Beware lest there be in any of you a wicked unbelieving heart that refuses to cleave to God. But instead, warn and admonish and urge and encourage one another every day as long as it is still called today, then no one will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. I feel sorry for people that do not gather with other believers. The Bible says, encourage one another every day so that you will not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Well, I just listen to everything online. Well, you know what? That's fine if you live in the boonies and you live in Antarctica and you just absolutely have no access to gathering with the people of God. But it is not acceptable. I'm preaching the choir because you're here, but just saying. Hebrews 3.15, today, while it is still called today, if you hear his voice and when you hear it, do not harden your heart. No, be trained. Be trained by the word of God. Let your senses be trained. And that way, when the trials do come, and they will, when they do come, you're trained. You know what to say. You know what to do. You know how to speak. Speak to those hindrances. Romans 12.2, Do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And here's what I want you to hear. Then you will prove what the will of God is. What is good, acceptable, and perfect. Now, when I was raised in Christianity, I was always told there's the good will of God, there's the perfect will of God. No, there isn't. Don't dissect the word of God. The good will of God is the perfect will of God. The perfect will of God is good. And the Bible says we can prove what the will of God is by allowing our minds to be transformed. Don't stay in your chrysalis. Don't don't stay as a fuzzy little caterpillar that the devil can just squash. No, soar. Or whatever butterflies do. So what are you nursing? The Lord spoke to me one day and he said, there is only nine things... That are acceptable for you to nurse. And they are not unforgiveness, anger, bitterness, anxiety, worry, resentment, you know, all gossip, fault finding, envy. Here are, here are the things we're supposed to nurse love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self control. That's what we're supposed to nurse. Come on, you're women. Most of you. You know what nursing's all about. Because if you nurse these things, that's what you're going to give out. And others, the babies in Christ, will be able to receive the milk of the word from you. So we remove obstacles with our words. Think what God thinks. Say what God says. I want to challenge you, I'm doing this myself. To declare a seven-day fast from any word that does not agree with the Word of God. Oh, but I'm in pain. How am I supposed to do that? Shut your mouth. I'm not denying the pain. I'm denying it's right to coexist in your body. A seven-day fast from anything that does not agree with the Word of God. That's up to you, but that's what I'm doing and I'm going to make it a lifelong fast. Don't call age to yourself. I can't stand that. Don't call lack. Don't call debt. One minister used to say, if you want the cat, don't call the dog. I was walking Winnie last night, and there's a big old black cat, and she still doesn't know what a cat is. And so she stops. The cat stops. And the cat's. Twice her size. And I'm ready to grab her because I I know what this cat lunges at her, you know, cats have claws. But I I let her look at the cat, and the cat looks at Winnie, and they we sit there for a few minutes. And then the cat goes, she jumps back. You know why? She doesn't talk cat. Right? She talks dog. What are you calling? What are you calling? I'm getting old. No, 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 no. I remember your benefits. You renew my youth like the eagles. I'm strong. I'm overcoming and soaring. And I will be young until the day I die at a very old age. I'm having a senior moment. No, I'm not. I have the mind of Christ. I hold the thoughts, purposes, and intentions of his heart. I can't afford it. Oh, my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I can't take anymore. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, maybe I missed God, my sheep hearing my voice, and they follow me. Do you hear what I'm saying? I have an incurable disease. I didn't know there was such a thing. My Bible says, bless the Lord, all my soul. Forget not one of all of his benefits who heals all of my diseases. And I've told you before, you can study the Hebrew, the Greek, the Swahili, the whatever. All means all. In as much as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. This is 2 Corinthians ten five. And what I love is that it says we refute reasonings. Reasoning is the enemy of faith. What does reasoning sound like? What if... What if is one of your greatest enemies? I've actually had people tell me I'm afraid to be healed because I'm afraid to declare I'm healed because if I die, my children won't believe God anymore. Okay, oh, so it's better to not fight and just to go ahead and throw in the towel? I don't think so. I mean, Anna buried two mothers, her mother and her mother-in-law, in three months. But they both left a legacy. And they didn't die anyway. They just departed from their body. They're more alive than we are. And now she's a mama. I mean, we live long enough. We're all going to be there. We're the mother now. And it's all right. Every thought that exalts itself against the true knowledge of God, we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ. But you've got to know the knowledge of God. How do you know the knowledge of God? Look at Jesus. He was the exact imprint of the Father. I can't say that enough. I cannot say it enough. I think I've told you this story, but it's been years. One of my sisters, my sister Cindy, we probably look more alike than any of the four of us do. And um, she's, she's kind of a... She's very extroverted. She's an extra extrovert. I mean, she does things I would be embarrassed to do. And so I always said to her, You better watch how you act, because people think you're me. And so she's a nurse, and she was working for a doctor, and she went to the food court one day, and she slapped her hand down, and she said, I'll take a screwdriver. I think that's what it's called. I don't drink. It's vodka and orange juice. And don't tell me if I'm right, because then I know what you're going to go home to. So I don't want to know. And so she said, I'll take a screwdriver. And that girl started laughing. And she said, are you Sandy Ross? And I said, I told you. Because people that know me know I'm not going to go to a juice bar 10 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock at night and order alcohol I don't drink. And it's okay if you do. I'm not talking about that. I'm just simply saying, people that know me know my nature. If you know God, if you have the knowledge of God, you know he's not going to put disease on you. This is new covenant, people. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The punishment for our peace fell upon him. By his wounds, we are healed. Apostle Peter said, we were healed because Jesus had already died. Isaiah said, we are healed because he saw 2,000 years in advance." In Matthew 8:17, Jesus came and he healed all who were sick, and it thus fulfilled what the prophet Isaiah said, He himself bore our sickness and removed our disease." Colossians 3:15, "Let the peace of Christ, rule and act as umpire in your heart, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your mind. Now, I was at a baseball game Saturday morning. My uh, grandson plays baseball with Churchill High School. And, and I'm just telling you the truth, the umpire made a wrong call. And I got mad. Because I'm Mimi. And so I said, No! That was a wrong call. And people went, shh. And my daughter, Katie, looked at me and she said, if you get thrown out, I'm going to say I don't know you. (laughs) Now, he made a wrong I'm telling, I personally think he made a wrong call. But the Bible says that God is the umpire of peace. Christ is the umpire of peace. And he has a final word if we let him. If we let him. Now, I'm going to close with this, and we're going to have prayer afterwards, and we're not going to record that uh, because that's personal and it's, it's your business. But I'm going to read this to you, and then I'm going to give a prayer call. Remember a few weeks ago when I taught on reversal? If you weren't here, you can go back and, and you can, uh, I, oh, I think it was called divine reversal. Well, I was looking for something the other day, and I found the original word. And it said so much more than what I told you. And I'm going to read it to you because this has deeply, deeply affected me. And then we're going to close. And this, this was given, it was a word given to, um, what's her name, Janice? Sylvia, Sylvia McGinnis. McGinnis, Sylvia McGinnis, okay. We recently were blessed with a marvelous Alaskan cruise. But my story begins at the end of the cruise when we were about to disembark from the ship. Because we had an early airplane flight to catch, we had requested an early departure from the ship. We were told that if we positioned ourselves in the ship's theater at 7.30 a.m., we would be allowed to disembark before the other passengers. Somehow, we didn't realize that we were not the only ones disembarking early. So that when we got to the theater, we discovered hundreds of people lined up from the theater down the corridor almost the length of a ship. Now, if you've ever been on a cruise ship, A cruise ship is very long. Knowing that all those people would have to check out and go through customs and find cabs, there was no way that we would make our plane. We struggled with our luggage down the corridor, on and on and on, looking for the end of the line. And as we went, I heard the word reversal in my head. And I laughed because we certainly needed a reversal in this situation. Finally, we got to the end of the line and suddenly an officer of the ship walked up beside us and yelled in a loud voice, the line is reversing. Please exit the ship in the other direction. And there we were at the beginning of that line. In no time, we were out through customs and on our way. When we got to the airport early, I had time to sit and thank God for the blessing and the thoughts that came to me from him, I am sure, were, I am imparting a new word of anointing and authority to you. This word is reversal. Wherever you see or hear a situation that is on the downward slide, I want you to speak reversal. And when you speak it, I am speaking it. And if I speak it, it will be done for you. Impart this word to others, that's what I'm doing now, that they may also have the anointing and authority to speak reversal. Things that have looked hopeless in the past are taking a turn. I can reverse any situation in a second, as you have seen. This word will bring change and renew hope and faith. When I got home, I had several phone calls about hopeless situations, and I agreed with those people for reversal. Two of those situations have completely reversed in the last two days, and I'm expecting more good reports. This lesson from the Lord has reminded me of another lesson in the past. I was out walking my dog one evening at dusk, and when the neighbor's guard dogs got loose, I was about three houses from my own home, and I saw the shadows, and they suddenly circled us and took position on either side of us and charged. Up from the very depths of my belly came a yell, No! And they stopped. And they repositioned. I moved us back toward our house. And then they came again, and again that yell came out of me. No! And they stopped and repositioned as I backed up. We kept doing this until I reached my sidewalk, and we turned and ran as fast as we could into the house. I called the neighbor and told him to get his dogs, and then I collapsed in the chair. I asked the Lord, why did they stop when I said no? They had us where they wanted us. And I heard the Lord say, When you said no, I said no. And that in turn reminded me of a story that Bill Yount told at a conference. He was learning to blow the shofar because his church had asked him to do that at a service. He was not doing well with it, and he asked the Lord, Really? What difference does it make if I blow this horn or not? Do your decrees really take hold when I blow this thing? And the Lord gave him a vision of a shofar that was 10 miles long. And he said, when you blow yours, I blow mine. We abide in the Godhead. What we do in the anointing and authority of the Lord is what he is doing. We have been given the word reversal. And when we speak, he speaks and it is done. We've been given the word, remove every hindrance out of the way of my people. When we say remove, he says remove. What are you saying? Your faith-backed words will bring it to pass in the name of Jesus. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting chosenessay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.